0: Sequence five. Six, five four three two one zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a podcast and audio program for the new evangelization. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald.
1: And I am Father Andrew Dickinson.
0: And we're sorry we uh, missed last week. Had a little bit no no uh, I'm not. A lot. we had a lot of ice and then snow here in Sioux Falls uh my my house we were out without power for three and a half days. father, if I recall correctly um you you missed that sort of icy stuff you did you get snow would you get there? We had about ten inches of snow ten inches of snow. see, I had been saying before, and I'd rather have rain than snow, but I didn't want freezing rain so there's <laughs> there's some miscommunication there, I think anyway um but we're back here now this week and now we're getting more rain today and snow tomorrow, I think. Uh but but life goes on, right, father?
1: Right. And if you have a complaint about us missing the podcast, please send an email to Chris exactly. Bergwald at C B U R G W A L D at S F Catholic dot O R G.
0: Or if you don't have a complaint about missing the podcast or just some comment, um, not random comment on the weather uh comment about the podcast idea for future episodes um questions you would like us to address send them our way and we will do our best to respond to them in a timely fashion uh what we want to do today is is revisit a topic that father and I have talked about uh, a couple times before um uh, I had checked the log back in 2011, Ooh. we talked about this. And then actually last August, Father, we, we discussed this topic with regard to the whole Chick-fil-A controversy. Um, and the topic... There's
1: going to be a Chick-fil-A up in Brookings. What? Yeah.
0: There is or there's going to be? Soon. Really? Yep. But not in Sioux Falls.
1: But not in Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls doesn't
0: have it all. Oh. Well, you know what else? Aberdeen has Max and Irma's, which is sort of a, a, a burger, well, Americana, you know, Applebee's style. I don't know if any of these things are trademarked, if I can say them, but I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that style place. I love Max and Irma's. Love it. And it's in Aberdeen, three and a half hours away. Three hours away. Anyway, a long ways away. Uh, And now Chick-fil-A in Brookings, which is closer, but still. I don't want to drive 50 minutes for good chicken.
1: What about good chicken with good company?
0: Ah, well, I'll drive anywhere for that. Huzzah. (laughs) So, yes, the Chick-fil-A controversy um, with regard to... Uh, Same-sex marriage, of course. Uh, And and, and that's the topic that Father and I want to talk about again today. It's been back in the news a few weeks back. uh, The Supreme Court heard oral arguments. Uh, two, two for two cases um, with regard to uh, same sex, same sex, quote unquote, marriage, and we'll explain the quote unquote uh, during the podcast. Um, and the the their decisions on those cases are will, will be announced by the end of the term, which will be by by the end of June. Um, and, of course, it's just, though, very much in the air, culturally, um, including politics, but even more broadly, um, equality. You know, the, the, Father, you probably saw the Facebook thing where people replaced their uh, profile pictures with an equal sign. Equal signed, so um, people are equal, equal right to marry, and so on. Uh, so, Father, I know you, you thought that this might be a, a, to- a topic worth addressing again. And I'm guessing, well, in fact, I know, based on our uh, the conversations we've had that particularly in a, on a, a college campus with, with young adults, um, this is, this is an issue where it's sort of like, well, I mean, why wouldn't we allow people who love each other to marry? Why would we deny that to them? I, I, I would imagine that, I don't know if you get a lot of questions, but I'm guessing it's on the air on campus. Yeah.
1: Almost well, certainly is. And I think, um, you know, you, you talked about, uh, um, when the uh, back in March, I think it was Tuesday of Holy Week, when this issue was being heard in the u uh, s Supreme Court on a couple in two different cases um but over a very close time span uh like on Facebook people that had changed their um profile picture to a uh a red background with kind of a white or a clear white equal sign on it about mar- about what they uh, in their phrasing marriage equality. Um, and just the large number of people who had, had changed. I remember one a couple of my students saying, "I can't even go on Facebook today. I'm just not doing any social media today," and, um, just because they were they didn't know how to respond to so many of their friends and their peers, and to what to them seemed an overwhelming wave of their peers um, who uh, seemed to be all gun ho or all for. Um, this uh, this notion of mar- of what they call marriage equality.
0: So do they, and is there? Do you get a sense of the the substance of the arguments, or is it more of just? Uh, I'm, well, I don't. Um, what 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 are they? What are you hearing specifically?
1: You know, some have substantial arguments. Some not as much. There's certainly a mix. Um, for a lot of them, I think the argument is more on just the emotional grounds. Of uh, you know, I don't want to. Um, uh, I don't want to tell something. I don't want to tell someone no. I want to make them feel bad. You know, if they want it, why can't they have it? Right. Um, which is a type of argument. Um, it's not exactly maybe a good argument or good reasoning, um, but it certainly is a common and a, a, a and at least a very emotionally powerful argument.
0: Right. You know, and that have actually. Uh, this is just just a brief um, tangent or. Excursus, I think, is probably the more technical term. Anyway, we, you and I had talked, I think last year, about a book by Christian Smith, um, the sociologist who's now at Notre Dame, mm-hmm. um, uh, about young adults and lost in transition and the inability of many young Americans to actually make, or not even to make, to understand a moral argument. And, and he, he, he wasn't saying he wasn't positing that young adult Americans are immoral by any means. Um, certainly like most of us, when we are in our early twenties, we want to change the world. We want to do good. But when it comes to thinking through in a clear, logical, rational way on matters of morality, Um, we seem to be failing um, the millennials and the the following generations uh, on precisely that, how to think in a clear way about moral questions, because a lot of it just becomes what's called emotivism. Well, it's just sort of obvious that X, Y, or Z is wrong or right, and therefore people should be able to do or shouldn't do X, Y, or Z, but, but, but they're unable to give any sort of any, any, any real rational basis for their positions. And I'm, I, I think that's probably, you know, there are certainly some people who, 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 who attempt to make, um, you know, philosophical, rationally grounded arguments for same-sex marriage. But, but the, the sense I get is that for a lot of Americans, not just young Americans either, it is just sort of a, well, is it obvious? But there's no, not much content to their argument beyond that.
1: Right. Because just, we just don't have the skills. Father Robert Barron, in a, uh, a video uh, cast, uh, made that comment uh, recently as well.
0: Yeah. So, so there's not a lot of substance there, and yet this is certainly a, a widespread opinion, which I, I think you know I, the, some of the latest polling data. That, I don't know if I I think it's the majority of Americans now support legalizing same-sex marriage um so so it's certainly growing and it's grown relatively quickly and in fact, this is one of the other interesting things to me about um uh, this whole debate i remember seeing um a, an article i think it was a blog post last year um where somebody and this is this was i think uh, somebody politically liberal who who supported same-sex marriage i think but sort of was you know, pretty open and honest in saying, you know, all, for all those years when conservatives, social conservatives, um, were attacking Hollywood, saying that this is you know changing values and blah blah blah. And people said, oh no, it doesn't matter. Well, they were right. <laughs> I mean, you know, just acknowledging the fact that you know a lot of, not the only thing, and you and I are going to talk about some factors that are more deep seated, but but in many ways, this has been a top down cult. Uh, culturally elite driven issue where where it has you know tv shows and so on have had um, an impact they 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 have made the idea of same sex marriage more initially tolerable and then more favorable for a lot of people i think
1: yeah, very very much so and i remember when someone said you know uh, that from 2013 going back to 2007 or 2008 you know, that uh, back then, you know, 40-some percent of Americans approved of it. Now, uh, 60-some percent of Americans approve of um, same-sex marriage. Uh, they, uh, uh, and, the, and the comment was, well, duh, what's, what's the mainstream media uh, been working so hard to do in the past five years?
0: Exactly. And the other thing, you know, I, I mean, it was under President Clinton that the Defense of Marriage Act was was, was passed, by Congress and signed by the president. Um, that wasn't that long ago. And, and now, of course, he, I, I'm pretty sure that he has come out in support of same-sex marriage as have, have so many other politicians, um, um, uh, some of them both parties. So it's definitely the, the 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 cultural drift is that way. One interesting thing that I think sometimes people uh, have, a, who support um, marriage as it's always traditionally been understood, um, grow despondent over the fact, even despair over the fact that that the the trend seems so much against us. Uh, but we have to be careful there because as I just saw recently um, in the 60s and early 70s, it looked like abortion rights was going to become the widespread, um, very much the majority held position among Americans. And certainly it did increase, but as we know, uh, abortion is hardly a settled issue one way or another in, in our country today um, over 40 years, uh, since, well, almost 40 years since Roe v. Wade. Well, 40 years this year. So so we, we shouldn't... Um, lose hope that that just because there's this growing uh public opinion in support of same-sex marriage that doesn't mean that you know doom and gloom and all is lost right
1: very much so you know in fact uh <clears throat> cardinal or not cardinal archbishop cordie Leone, um the uh archbishop of san francisco in a very wonderful and surprisingly civilly done uh interview with um usa today uh, you know, said that's one of the interesting things is that, you know, we settled racism, it was settled. I mean, it was, it was pretty much a settled moral issue, you know, or, per or, or, me, I should say, slavery. Um, and then there was ways that it had to continue to be sorted out. But with abortion, it hasn't been settled. And he says, you know, it's sad that it had to go this way, but he predicts that um, if, you know, marriage is redefined in this way, and that'd be a good shift in our conversation, just talk about the redefining of marriage. But if marriage is redefined in this way, that's not going to be a socially settled uh, question.
0: Right. That, that, it, Yeah. Just because a lot more Americans today support it than did 5, 10, certainly 20 years ago, doesn't mean that in five years it's going to be a unanimous consensus or something. Right. So, yeah, so I think you're right sort of taking this now and talking more uh, specifically about uh, the redefinition of marriage. Um, Marriage has traditionally, not just in the United States in the last 200 plus years, but, but traditionally throughout Western civilization, I think throughout all of human civilization been understood to be between a man and a woman. Now, certainly, uh, polygamy at times has been, um, and in some places still is, accepted. But it's always been a, a, a relationship between the sexes. Never, and, and, and at the same time, it's important note that that um, there has always. Yeah, there's there's always been homosexuality. I mean, there 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 has been attraction. People have felt attracted towards the same sex for thousands of years as well. I mean, we we, we know that, and yet nobody ever said that that re, those relationships were marital relationships. So what we're seeing today is a change in the understanding, an advocacy, not just in the change of, but but that for the, the a change in law, um, legally. A change in what marriage is—a um, redefinition.
1: Um, yeah, um, you know, uh, and, and you can see that reflecting some of the phraseology of those who support um, same-sex marriage. They talk about as an—they'll <clears throat> they'll try to use the phrase of an expansion or marriage equality, right? The same for same, which is kind of the notion of equality, the same for same. Um, but it really is a redefinition of of marriage. Um, that it is uh, um, because or uh, you know one of the way even a bumper sticker that I've seen you know marriage without limits you know but marriage by itself is a limiting you know you limit yourself to one man you limit yourself to one woman for the rest of your life Um, you know and and does that mean that there's no limits then on the the age of people to be married you know uh, does that mean there's no um, a limit to the number of people to be married. No limit to uh, marriages within family relation. And so uh, the seed of it, and whether their intention is directly towards it, and, but the seed of it is just a redefining, it's not an expanding, a redefining of marriage.
0: Exactly, and I think that to the, that point, you know, marriage without limits, that is where once once this redefinition um, if, if, if this redefinition does take place legally, but certainly in the, already in the minds of many Americans, once this takes root, there is no rational basis for limiting it for any. There is no rational basis for limiting it, at least among consenting adults. Uh, I think you, you could still make an argument that it has to be a, a minimum age to make the commitment, perhaps. But, but everything else, there is no. It, it becomes arbitrary, um, the, you know, just well. I'm. It, it's. It's. It can only be. And you see this now when when people try to make the point. Okay, so if marriage can be, be can be between two men or between two women, um, why only one man or why only two men? Why only two women? Why can't? Why can't it be polyamorous where you have you know uh, multiple? Partners in in a, well, no, I just can't be. There, there there is no rational basis that I've ever heard in opposition to that. Um, and, and to that I said, well, it wasn't that long ago that people said, well, no, you can't have marriage between two men and two women. So again, there there's no there's no rational basis given for any limits on marriage once you redefine it in this way.
1: Right, we get a little ahead of ourselves here in that uh, in that discussion, but yeah, that certainly is becomes part of that concern. And I think that's our point, listeners, just to, again, to just raise a discussion, how you can raise a discussion, again, of the fact that it's not just a opening, but it's a changing of marriage.
0: So elaborate on that a little bit. Why is that? Why isn't it just an expansion? Why is it a redefinition?
1: Well, I think, you know, um, I think one of the questions would just be is, you know, where do we get marriage from? You know, was marriage something invented? Is, was, was marriage something part of the Constitution of the United States? Was marriage something in... Um, uh, what's that famous thing in England about... Uh,
0: the Magna Carta?
1: The Magna Carta in England. Um, is it part of uh, Roman civil law from the Roman Empire? You know, does it come from uh, Athens? Where does marriage come
0: from? Socrates.
1: Right. <laughs> yes. The great Greek philosopher Socrates. Yes. Socrates. Socrates. Um, But, yes, where does marriage come from? Um, But what we see, I think if we look historically, marriage is something that exists prior to uh, civil society. It exists prior to the state. And so when uh, civil society takes marriage to be a part of it, it does so for its own benefit. And one of the things I like to talk about is the idea that that families or marriage does what the state cannot do, especially in the modern day and age, Um, or I should say the uh, the, kind of our immediate predecessors the past 200, 300 years or so, um, that the marriage does what the state can't do, that marriage uh, produces and rears children. And so the state's interest in marriage was to the fact of uh, raising and rearing children.
0: What. Okay,
1: and so then when we so so that's the that's been part of the heart of marriage that marriage is uh, and uh, marriage is something that exists prior to the state uh, in the sense of families, family structures, and then we saw how it was brought into the state, if you will, codified, codified, codified uh, into law, and for the sake of protecting this resource of society. Um, of of uh, uh, produce uh, of uh, I should say not producing but I should say um, procreating and rearing children.
0: So so marriage is, is, is as you said it's, it's there before it's, all the state does all the government does all the law does is recognize. Um, th- uh, this this institution, of a uh, natural institution, so to speak, that's already in existence. And because the state needs it to perpetuate itself, the state enshrines it in its own legal code.
1: And not just perpetuate itself, but to perpetuate, perpetuate itself well. Right, yes. You know, I mean, because uh, we know that children who come from uh, two-parent healthy family homes are usually much more well-adjusted, uh, much more cooperative in society, much better. Uh, they love their own families better. Uh, they're, they're more willing to give of themselves and not count the cost because they've seen their parents do it, and so on and so forth.
0: And that's not, so, so this is, and I think, therefore, there is this, within marriage, this fundamental orientation towards children then. Right? Very much so, right, at its roots. And that's, you know, the, 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 church, the Catholic Church has always taught that. I mean, we talk about you know the, 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 the two ends of marriage, the two ends of sexual love being the union of the spouses and the procreation and education of children. We've been saying that for, well, 2,000 years. Right. Um, and, and, but that's not us adding any, that's us recognizing the nature of, of marriage itself. Just as this, and it is
1: something that is recognizable, regardless of whether you are a member of a creed or religion.
0: Right, exactly, as we've seen throughout history.
1: As we're seeing even right now, of all places in France.
0: Yep. Of and, all places, uh, what, what do you mean? Of all places? Okay, go ahead.
1: Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> the, French aren't, the French aren't exactly known for being, uh, say, a. Uh, um,
0: Vigorously Catholic country,
1: right, right. And uh, but over in France, I know there's a strong movement to protect the meaning of marriage. This isn't to, and notice how they that they would phrase it to protect the meaning and the definition of marriage so, uh, for the sake of children and uh, future generations and the raising of future generations. And that uh, effort is being led not just by Catholics but by. Um, atheists, even by um, leading uh, homosexual activists.
0: Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. That's... <laughs> people, and you know, I've talked about this a bit, and we'll, we, we'll maybe touch on it some more in this podcast. You know, Oftentimes in our country, what you hear is those who defend traditional marriage who stand against the redefinition of marriage um, are bigots. They, you just right. hate gay people. Well, that's interesting you say that, because over in France, um, then I guess gay people hate gay pe- themselves, because it's, it's homosexual activists, as you just said, who are heavily, some, a number of them are, are, are very invested in, in, in safeguarding the traditional definition of marriage.
1: Very much so. And I think that brings up, now, of course, I, I think there would be some people who say, well, yes, then those gay people, those gay individuals, gay men, those women who are against gay marriage then obviously do hate themselves. I think there would be people who would make that argument. Um, Yeah. But um, I think it's an important thing to think about in that way to know just for your own sake and for the sake of others uh, that you can make this reasonable discussion that you're not simply a bigot just because you oppose. Um, And I think that's that's one of the most disarming or challenging things that we face is we don't want to be a bigot. We don't want to be opposed. And I think... um, Especially for the younger generation, you know, that doesn't have that moral argument, as we spoke about with the Christian Smith uh, research, that don't have that skill of making moral arguments. Um, if everything gets reduced to then a personal attack or an emotional thing, well, then, you know, we need to know that we can do these things.
0: The interesting thing to me there is, you know, if we, okay, what is bigotry? Uh, I, I think one way to understand bigotry would be an irrational opposition to someone or, or to allowing someone to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet again, to, to that, that point we, we discussed earlier, by and large, it's not the, the proponents of traditional marriage who are making irrational arguments. Um, it's the proponents of redefinition who are making irrational arguments, arguments lacking rational force. So really, I mean, who, who, if, if we were going to use the term in in term, what is what does it mean to be a bigot? Um, it's certainly not us because we're trying to say no. It's not it's not about hating anybody. Um, it's about there are reasons why marriage is between a man and a woman, uh, and we try to give them at least at least. Uh, hopefully, we're trying to give them. Many people are, um, and yet we're the ones who are be accused of making a, a, a rational hate filled opposition.
1: Although uh, <clears throat> while we're talking through the miracle of the interwebs, I just thought I'd go look at Merriam-Webster for the definition of a bigot. Yeah, it says a person who is obstinately or intolerantly devoted to his own personal opinions or prejudices.
0: And <laughs>
1: seems a little contrary to unreasoned.
0: And yeah, you're right. It's not
1: as clear as your definition.
0: You're of right. Unreasoned. It's all right. Fair enough.
1: And so, and I think it's interesting because I think they'd say, "Yes, you are being exactly obstinate." Yeah devoted to your own opinion or prejudice.
0: Yeah. Yeah, maybe. And yet, I think many of us are on these and other hot-button issues, so we're all bigots now, maybe. I don't know. So Father, just a, a couple more minutes, any other points that you, th- I think one point I want to make quickly is, I th- unfortunately, the origins for this this shift in understanding of marriage um, aren't new. Uh, I, you know, you and I have talked that really the, the whole idea of, of separate, the idea of marriage being oriented towards children um, in a permanent way. Was began to be lost with the widespread adoption of the use of 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 the contraceptive pill in this and 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 the widespread um, adoption of no fault divorce in 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 laws in states in this country back in the '60s. So this is a decades long shift in understanding that's that's occurred. I think.
1: I I think very much so, and I think that's um, and I you know one of the questions I get sometimes is well you know why don't you fight that way against divorce. Uh, well, you know, I do. Yeah. Catholic so that divorce is not an option, you know, um, in that sense, uh, especially this no-fault divorce. Um, and uh, that if you enter into marriage, it's a marriage for life. Um, and at the same time, too, just uh, um, that, that it's worth fighting for. I wasn't there for the fight against divorce. But right now, this fight for the definition of marriage is worth fighting. It's worth fighting all the way until we can't fight anymore.
0: Yep. Yeah, and, and so there there's, has been this shift where it becomes just an emotional commitment between two people. But that... That's a shift. That's a change in understanding of what marriage is. Um, one book I want to mention, Father, a, a pretty basic one. It's by William May, who's a moral theologian. It's called Getting the Marriage Conversation Right, A Guide for Effective Dialogue. A very basic, easy-to-understand book that, that offers some ideas on how to, um, how to talk about this issue with other people. Uh, but unfortunately, we are out of time for this episode, so maybe we'll revisit this again in the future. Um, but in the meantime, uh, just to remind people, um, don't hesitate to email us with any questions, comments, topics for future episodes. Um, this, is, this is certainly a topic that we'll probably try to revisit because it's, it's so out there right now. But my email address, again, is cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org.
1: And from Dr. Bergwater and myself, may Almighty God bless you all, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen.